This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, welcome to the Twilight Show on Friday, the 1st of December. I'm Maxine, and tonight I'm going to be talking about what it means to have a sense of purpose and why a sense of purpose might be the key to living your best teacher life. I'll be asking you what brought you into teaching, what keeps you here, and I've been asking loads of other people all important questions. Have some great feedback to share. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. And hello and welcome. Um, Happy Friday, everybody. I hope you're keeping warm out there. Um, As I said in the intro, some great information. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cann. It wouldn't be my show if it didn't have something not quite so slick going off in the early stages, would it? So there we go. That's good. Happy Friday. I hope you're all keeping warm out there. Um, I've been asking lots and lots of people in this last week, what brought you into teaching, into education, and what keeps you here? Um, I've been asking those questions to some really great people, and I've got some fantastic feedback to share from some edgy Twitter favourites like Sam Strickland and the wonderful Jeff and Margaret, um, as, me- as well as many more too, talking all about their moral purpose. So first, um, a bit of context here. Um, Teaching is a tough job. Education is a tough world at the moment. And for teachers and school leaders, there is a lot going on. And it it really is quite it really is quite hard. And I, I know that I can see out there and I hear amongst colleagues real challenges. And we're at a time when some significant national change is needed. Earlier this week, fabulous Tom Rogers was talking about Ofsted reforms in his show. Do listen and catch up with that one. That was absolute super show. And that there's so much debate about other issues as well in education, assessment issues, wider cultural issues, behaviour, massively underfunded services that then throw everything back on education and, and just make it even tougher for teachers and school leaders. So. I think what I'm trying to say is that I'm not suggesting that we need to look inwards to fix everything for ourselves. There there is responsibility for others out there. And there's there's some pretty major national responsibilities here that that do need to be do need to be thought about, do need to be changed. But sometimes and Friday feels like a good time to do that do this. I I think a positive well-being focus really helps us. Not toxic positivity, not break time yoga and cakes, but some time to talk about some things that can really help and, and also some time actually to reflect on what is great about teaching. Why are we still here? Um, and do you know what? Nobody quoted holidays to me when I asked them this question. I think that's fantastic and quite surprising, actually. So this evening is 
about all things purpose, values, the general why, and reminding ourselves what is it about the education world in spite of all these huge difficulties that still make it. And and I would say this, and I'd say this to anybody in initial teacher training, still makes it the best job in the world. Still is such a great world. And even though my my role has changed over time, I, you know, I've been around in education for um pretty much close on, on three decades now. So my role has changed. But but whilst I've, I'm still in the education world, still find myself drawn to working in schools, getting into the classroom, working with school leaders, working with parents. And and I just can't seem to want to branch away from it. And I think that all comes back down to purpose, values and the general why. So those questions fascinate me. So thank you for listening. If you're listening on on download for this, not on Friday, on on another time that that works for you. Thanks for listening. I hope you find it interesting. And as I said in the introduction, whilst there are no planned guests this evening, um, I do have some really super quotes to share from some pretty amazing people. So a huge thank you to the teachers that I have been pestering over the last few days and the head teachers, um, are these great people I get the pleasure of working with, and to some of those I follow on Twitter or X. So again, shout out to the amazing Jeff and Margaret and that their continued invitations to pub lunches and to, to Sam Strickland as well for his huge kindness in providing us with a great quote for this evening. And later on, There is also um, a mention for the the CEO of of the trust that I work with, who is also my old boss and someone that that really has inspired me and somebody that has actually really drawn me into thinking about my purpose and um, as as sort of actually the inspiration for this show. But you'll you'll hear that later. So we're going to talk. I'm going to talk and I'd love to hear from you. Do send anything, any thoughts in on the chat that that inspire you or that you're thinking of. Do um, call in. It'd be lovely to hear from you. Um, We're going to think about what it means to have a sense of purpose, what that's all about. What are the benefits? You know, I've said in the title, the key to living your best teacher life, question mark. And, And I actually think it is such a crucial thing to keep sight of that moral purpose. That is a huge well-being factor for me. Then we're going to look at some examples and some brilliant quotes that I've got from um, people with a really strong moral purpose. And I am going to talk about my old boss and about the CEO of the trust that that I work with at the moment um, and his um, 10 questions test interview. And then at the end, at the end, if, if there is still some time left, I'll, I'll share a few ramblings about my own purpose. But I'm, I'm way more interested in hearing from you and if you have any thoughts on what it is that keeps you in this wonderful world of education. So let's have a think, first of all, what, what, what do we mean? What, what am I talking about here with having a sense of purpose? And, you know, philosophers have sought... And people way cleverer than me, they've sought and debated the whole idea of the purpose of life for centuries. That's not what I'm going to do here on Friday night on Teachers Talk Radio. 
But I'm going to suggest that what really matters, actually, is your purpose in life. By that, your purpose or your meaning in life is thought of as, as that sort of the central motivating aims of our lives. Sometimes somebody might ask you, what's your, what's your reason for getting up in the morning? Probably find that your purpose, when we start talking purpose and, and you know, if you are, are happy to explore, explore your own, that's really closely linked to values. And that purpose can really drive our decisions, influence our behaviour, sort of set our, our, our direction. And it's what brings meaning to our lives. So it's probably what has driven our choice of job, our choice of vocation, our choice of profession. Writing um, back this year, actually, in, in September this year, in the, the Harvard Business Review, three fantastic researchers have done a great piece of work that I'm going to refer to later on. Um, and what they did is they, um, they, they've also defined, um, as part of their research, defined this whole idea of purpose and, and what purpose means. And they, they define it as, in the Harvard Business Review, purpose can be defined as the overarching intention that is personally meaningful to you and of consequence to the world beyond yourself. Your purpose can help you organise your life, give you clear direction and motivate you, especially when you encounter life's inevitable setbacks and disappointments. So when it's really going wrong, and I think this is really, really relevant to teaching, when it is that really tough time and, you know, dark nights, starting to rehearse for Christmas shows, probably been through a round of reports, parents' evenings, thinking about getting data uploaded, thinking about the fact that, that behaviour might be quite challenging at the moment. <coughs> it's going through those real difficult bits where keeping a view on our purpose can be really, really helpful. So, We've all got particular skills and talents and, and whether it is skill and talent or whether it is about practice, that's a, a debate for another show. Um, but we've got experiences, things that have happened in our youth or earlier on in our careers, earlier on in our lives and interested And our purpose is really strongly related to those. So our purpose is what motivates us and drives us. And like, like I've said, it's keeping that purpose in mind when things get tough, it's really, really something that can absolutely keep us going. And, and you know, like we said, like I've just said about the Harvard Business Review, it's what keeps us going with life's inevitable setbacks and disappointments. And there isn't a profession, I think, at the moment, not many professions out there that have more inevitable setbacks and disappointments. So it just shows us again why purpose is so important. Our purpose is likely to change. And, and what's interesting, you know, I've, I've promised you um, some really great quotes from some Twitter favourites like the fabulous Sam Strickland and um, the amazing Jeff and Margaret. And hearing from those, there's a little bit of that in there about how their purpose has changed. And, and my purpose has certainly changed as I've, I've gone through life and gone through my career. Um, and again, significant life events can change that purpose. 
And and I can really relate to that and think, actually, when you, you do have something happens that's really big, it can cause you to come back and ask yourself some of those big questions. So the benefits of having a sense of purpose. Well, it might seem obvious that having something that really drives you, something that you can keep a focus on and you know if your purpose is as we'll we'll see when we hear about the purpose of some of the people that we're going to talk up to today or, or that we've, we've got some really good information from their purpose is often around seeing students make progress or seeing students and children who are really struggling and wouldn't be able to access something being able to make progress have success because of something that they've done and again thinking about that, it does sound quite obvious that it's going to be um, something that is of benefit to, to teachers or to all of us. But I thought it'd be useful to have a little bit of a look at the, the science behind it. And I've, I've not dug too deep with this science. But again, having a look at psychology today, going back to March 2022, there's a fantastic writer whose um, stuff she writes, I really enjoy. Her name's Kristin Fuller. Um, American MD, um, a physician who's actually moved out of practicing medicine into writing, editing and reviewing. And she writes some really super items. And I've, I really particularly enjoyed this one. And what, what she goes on to argue in Psychology Today back in, in March 22 was that she cites some really crucial research that says that individuals who have a strong sense of purpose and meaning in life tend to have better mental health, overall well-being and cognitive functioning compared to those who lack a sense of purpose. I mean, you know, three things that are pretty crucial for educators, having good mental health if you can, or certainly having a way to support and boost that and overall well-being. And educators really need good cognitive function. So again, just flags why this is important for everybody and particularly important for us in education. So Kristen Fuller, she, she specialises in mental health, addiction and primary care. And she goes on to explain that individuals with a sense of purpose are less likely to have heart attacks, strokes or dementia. And she cites several studies that also show that individuals with a strong sense of purpose tend to engage in healthier behaviours and lifestyle choices, such as practising regular physical exercise and participating in preventative health services. So that ties in, doesn't it? That's why there's the, the less heart attacks and strokes, potentially. People with um, a, a stronger sense of purpose, she found a strong link to them making better life decisions and as a result, being much healthier. So really, you know, close link. And it, it was the research that she cites. It is pretty robust stuff. Um, she cites a study going back to 2013 that found that um, individuals with a strong sense of purpose in life were better at stress management and had better sleep than individuals without a strong sense of purpose. And that's huge, isn't it? I mean, sleep is so important. She also cites um, some research that shows having positive and meaningful life will improve brain function, including overall cognition and memory. And additionally, individuals with better purpose tend to have lower instances of depression. So some pretty robust research that, that and I, you know, I 
we'll we'll take I, I really like how that article is written and and I encourage anyone to go back and have a look at that and dig through the research it is really really interesting to show that there are those positive benefits of having a really clear purpose and then when I look at the people that we're going to talk about later on today and I I see how successful they are they've all had their ups and downs they've all had big challenges but ultimately, they are performing really, really well in their professions. And I think that's really, really interesting. Teachers Talk Radio's own Paul Hazard, um, again, super presenter. And I hope you've listened into some of his shows. His, his comment when I um, popped this on the, the Teachers Talk Radio chats to say I was thinking about talking about this this evening, he, he came back and said um, that he personally had, had experienced that and felt that that was a really strong link and the point about it, his comment was the point about individuals having a strong sense of purpose and meaning to life which leads to better mental health over well overall well-being is a point that's not made forcefully and often enough so here we are Paul going to take your um, recommendation I'm going to mention it now again and I'm, I'm going to encourage others to keep talking about that link and the link that he then goes on to say about that, and, and you'll see this when we talk about how to get a strong moral purpose and, and really build that your own sense of purpose. Um, he says that that justifies, validates and give clout, gives clout to sport, music and drama. Absolutely. Totally agree with that, Paul. Um, that makes total sense to me um, because it is through activities like sport, music and drama, that we can really develop and strengthen our sense of purpose. And if we have a sense of purpose that is about um, seeing well-being of, of others and of children and young people, again, further justifies the, the validation to those areas like sport, music and drama. So, again, really really interesting and you know I think this stuff this research it makes perfect sense to me um, and I think for me it's been why in spite of you know real stress and challenges that are part of the life of a teacher and a school leader I think that sense of purpose has been important to me in, in for my for my own resilience my own focus and my own well-being and again like I've said before, the people we're going to talk about later, when you listen and when you hear and when you think about those people, or when I think about those people, I see really high levels of resilience, focus and absolutely super well-being. So I'm going to pause there just for a moment and I'm going to go to hear from our sponsors. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. In today's educational environment, students and teachers are juggling a mix of face-to-face, -face, online and blended learning courses. Canvas by Instructure 
helps teachers navigate these diverse learning experiences with a user-friendly virtual learning environment that offers flexible access to courses and a consistent learning experience, all while streamlining everyday teaching processes. The world's best schools and universities are using Canvas to create dynamic courses, collaborate seamlessly, and access actionable data that drives student success. On the 24th to the 26th of January, 2024, Bet UK is back and even better for educators. New for 2024, Table Talks empowers educators to collaborate openly and connect deeply with like-minded individuals in the education space, as well as Tech User Labs, the brilliant new tutorials and working groups at BET, where technology users will learn how to get more out of their institution's tech from the top education technology experts in the world. Whatever your goal, you'll find it at BET 2024. Educators go free. Get your tickets today at www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. Really looking forward to going to the Bet Show um, in a, a few weeks. I'm really excited about that. Just hearing that's just reminded me. And of course, hearing from the publishers, John Cat there, just reminds me of the brilliant show that, that Nathan did earlier this week with the fantastic Lee Elliott Major on equity and education. And do read that book, do listen back to that podcast, because when we're talking moral purpose, Lee Elliott Major is just 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 speaks huge volumes about about that and about his work and his huge drive to to bring about equity and to help and to support and to to move on to change the world really um for the be benefit of under-resourced young people under-resourced learners and that's good do do give that a listen it's absolutely super and really nice that um we are um, sponsored by such a great publisher. So I'm going to move on now and start to talk about um, purpose and some some individuals. And again, some of these I'm going to talk about are going to be people I've been pestering over the last few days to talk to me about their purpose and some people through Twitter. I said, brilliant, Jeff and Margaret, wait till we, we hear from them in a little while. But I'm going to start um, with the article, the, the item that actually inspired me or prompted me to think about purpose in general for today's show. And that that item was, was an interview with Adrian Rogers, the CEO of the Chiltern Learning Trust, as part of the, the Times Educational Supplement 10 Questions series. And to me, and, and now looking at the, the comments where this was shared on LinkedIn and on Twitter, this was such a great example of, of moral purpose in action. And what was really great about this, about reading um, this item, there, there were lots of things that in spite of, of having known Adrian for the best part of 20 years and worked for him and worked with him for him in um, many, many different school contexts. Um, and him always having been somewhere, even when I've not been working um, for part of his trust, of somebody that, that I'd called on, hearing him or reading about him um, and some of the things that he said that are about his moral purpose, it was really interesting to see that and to link it in then to some of the things that I know he's done. 
and some of the choices that he's made about schools that the trust have taken over. So it really uh, seeing that actually really brought that moral purpose to light. So it was was really interesting when you when you read an article that's about somebody that you know reasonably well and you know of their work and you know of some of the key decisions that they've made. It's really interesting to sit back and say, yes, that's why you did that. That was your, I see that, that makes sense. And and so I really, that's another reason I think why I really enjoyed that article. So when asked why he works in education, um, Adrian responded by speaking about his background and describing how he was the first person in his family, he's from the West Midlands, um, not to go down the pit. And he actually, interestingly, um, what I was interested in with that was was the way he actually um, described himself as as being intelligent, because that's something that that Adrian never says about himself normally. So I was I was really quite um, pleased and interested to hear himself uh, describe himself as, as being a bright boy and, and saying how his intelligence had given him opportunities. Um, Adrian went on to describe his, how his background drives him. And I think this quote, you want children to have a better opportunity than you did to make the schools we run a better place for the children and to give them these wider opportunities. I really can see that now in the schools that he runs. And he, he really, you know, I, I can see that. He describes how part of his career has been in affluent areas but having a preference for schools in working class areas like those where he grew up and a focus on raising aspiration. Later in the interview, um, where he describes some of the challenges he faced as a bright boy in a, in a tough school, you can see why he is so keen to ensure that in some of the schools that the Trust have taken over recently, in, in some pretty challenging areas, you know, in some areas where um, there is a lot of dif- deprivation, where, um, you know, families certainly are under-resourced and where there hasn't always been a really positive culture or aspiration, you can really see why he has had that absolute drive to, to make sure there's the best possible education for young people, in particularly in, in those sorts of schools. So Chilton have got a range of schools, 16, I think, at the moment, and some in recent years have, have been taken on in areas of, of high deprivation, in areas certainly where families are under-resourced. And also, interestingly, quite often in areas where standard education hasn't been good enough probably for a number of years and you know where schools have have struggled and just not really stepped up and really been those great schools that they need to be and you know that whole moral purpose give children a better opportunity than you had I can see that quote running through those schools it's you know it's really clear in that that trust um adrian isn't alone in his um in that purpose-driven leadership um and you know i I, that sense of purpose in his in his professional life there's a lot um, of others that are like that so i was really pleased to um get a response I, i sent a message to to sam strickland 
Strickermaster on Twitter or X, um, principal in Northamptonshire, CEO and, and author of a number of really successful books about behaviour. Um, and he was kind enough to respond to my message asking him what brought him into education and what keeps him there. So I'm going to quote Sam for a minute. So I'm just going to read out from what he sent back. He says, I initially entered the profession due to my love for education, children and my absolute passion and love for wanting to teach history. I have absolutely loved my time in the profession. What keeps me here? A passion and desire to want to make a difference to my school, my staff, the pupils we serve and the community where my school is situated. I also see it as a privilege and as honour to be able to support the wider educational community through the op opportunities afforded to me and my school. So Sam's really clear about his purpose. And, and also, again, I can see there how that purpose has, has changed, how it, you know, that, that there is nuance in there. It has changed slightly from when he first went in as a young teacher. And I can imagine just really being passionate about making sure that young people love and enjoy history as much as he does. Um, but that's then moved on. So as a principal, the purpose of wanting to make a difference for his own school community, interestingly, specifically mentioning his staff is clear. And, you know, Sam comments a lot, he posts a lot on Twitter about staff well-being about making sure that the behavior of, of students in school is as good as it can be so that teachers can get on and do their job and he always um, really challenges anybody who um, speaks against centralized detention systems or anything like that that adds to workload so you can see that moral purpose about making things better for his own staff and then he talks about taking that to another level and to actually widening that out and doing what he can to help the lives of teachers beyond his own school. So you might say, and I, I often do this, this exercise with people when they, they're wanting to change the world and saying, hang on, hang on, whoa, slow down. You do have to draw a line between what you can control and what you can't. But there's a real sense of purpose there with Sam Strickland from what he says. And then when you see that in his work, um, the amount of training that he offers, the amount of work, the amount of advice, always having the doors of his school open so that people can come in and learn. You see that idea about wanting to actually help and influence beyond his own school gates. And I, I think that's interesting. And I think that, you know, really noble and, and thanks huge thanks to Sam for replying so I'm going to stay um, now thinking about um, leaders in education and I, I'm going to talk about now somebody who she is on Twitter and she's a colleague that I have had a great privilege to work with and learn lots from so Jamie Pardon is director of education in Pioneer Learning Trust, local trust to us, and, and does some really super work outside of her trust, um, spreading some of the brilliance of, of the work that, that she can do. So really knowledgeable, super um, practitioner very, very knowledgeable about primary curriculum, about primary leadership as well, about um, having been a head teacher until, until relatively recently before she moved into um, focusing on, on trust work. So 
Jamie, when I asked her, she gave a really, really interesting answer. And and I can um, relate to this a little bit. So Jamie describes how she didn't go into teaching directly from school. Um, she, she'd done her A-levels and then started working in a nursery as a, TA, as a teaching assistant. And in the nursery, she absolutely fell in love with the role, with, with seeing those small children develop, grow, seeing them able to know more and do more on a, on a daily basis and over time, seeing them progress and seeing them thrive. And Jamie went on to tell me that she didn't actually love school herself as a pupil and as a student. And she that's largely after experiencing some really unpleasant verbal and physical bullying in year seven. And I think that's actually not that uncommon of, of teachers and of school leaders. And, and I certainly had a, a pretty horrendous time in year seven now looking back myself. Um, and I, I think it can be really difficult sometimes, particularly for girls, particularly for girls who are quite academic in school when you're finding your way and navigating um, different friendships and, and all those difficulties. So Jamie found that really hard. And Jamie says, and I really like this quote from Jamie, Jamie, I want to be part of the solution. Um, my motto is be the change you want to see. So that moral purpose about wanting to go into teach, wanting to also then move on and lead schools and now in that director role to actually have influence over a number of schools, both within her own trust and beyond, um, has been really interesting. And she says she went into primary rather than secondary simply because she couldn't pick a subject because she likes them all. And then knowing Jamie, that sounds um, about right. What keeps Jamie in education, she says, put simply, is I still believe the reasons I went into teaching and they are still relevant. So seeing those children making that progress, that absolute joy that you get um, and that Jamie remembers from when she was a TA and, you know, seeing um, in the nursery, seeing the children learning and, and enjoying that learning and also then obviously being part of something that is the solution that's making things better so that children and young people get a better journey through school than Jamie did. Great moral, great moral purpose there. And, you know, thank you. Huge thank you. Jamie also says what keeps there is working in a fantastic organisation that's forward thinking and invests in people at all levels too. So again, really positive and nice to hear about um, what's going on in, in your trust over there at Pioneer. Thank you, Jamie. So Jeff and Margaret, huge favourites of mine. Um, and uh, again, um, invited to, we're all, we're all invited, aren't we, to attend the Friday pub lunch, which, you know, might link us back to one of Tom's previous shows about, about how teaching's changed. You, you might argue with that one, possibly, probably for the better. Um, and you'll remember Jeff and Margaret, favourites of mine on X or Twitter, um, returned to the classroom answering the call for retired teachers during during the COVID pandemic. As a head, 
I just it was really difficult at the time to to get anybody into school when when staff were off and there was that call wasn't there for for people to come back in so we saw Jeff and Margaret appear on Twitter and they have amused me immensely ever since so I had to ask them about their moral purpose they they've answered I'm not sure it was Jeff or, or Margaret who was on the um on the answer today but but they've said it was the children who brought us into teaching and the children who kept us there we both just wanted to make a difference. Even though the job can be exhausting, it's a privilege to be able to shape a life. Thank you, Jeff and Margaret, for all you do and for really sharing that moral purpose, putting it front and centre. So I'm going to come next to um, some fabulous early careers teachers that I have the absolute privilege um, this term of, of mentoring and talking purpose with them has been fascinating, particularly talking purpose to them at this end of an absolutely exhausting term. Um, they know their school is a great school. It's an amazing school, but it's been through an awful lot of change and, and expectations have changed and there's been some leadership changes and they have all really risen to that and been absolutely amazing. So again, Katie had a fascinating conversation with her. She, she sent me um, some of her main thoughts about purpose. And if we just summarise that, Katie teaches year one and she is just one of the most super exciting young teachers I've had the privilege to work with. She really sums it all up. It's about helping the children to develop their understanding of the world. That's her purpose. That's what drives her. And I would say to Katie, when it's really getting difficult, when it's dark nights, when it's, you know, you you feel a little bit overwhelmed with everything, keep that. Look at those children. Look at those children in front of you and watch them really, really developing their understanding of the world. Beautiful. I love how you've put that as well. Oliver teaches year two. He is really just one of the most exciting teachers. And he tells me he gets purpose from seeing the lasting impact we have as teachers. He also values the bonds that we create. And again, that whole purpose, that idea about you are making a difference to a young child's life, you're making a difference, they're going to remember you. Um, he says he enjoys the joy of being crazy and seeing the progress the children make. So again, lasting bonds and enjoying that chance and being able to see the progress the children make. Celine teaches year three, fantastic teacher. These are such a great team, brilliant ECTs. Um, talks about being really driven and remembering her own year two teacher. And again, I wonder that within, when we're thinking sense of purpose as teachers, are we thinking about the children in the in the future who are going to remember how we changed them and how we changed the world for them? And, you know, I always think that um, Maya Angelou quote is fascinating that, that says that um, people won't always remember what you did or what you said, but they will remember how you made them feel. So, again, Celine's teacher made her feel inspired, made her feel safe, made her made her feel like she was enjoying school. Do we think about that as well? So again, thank you to those ECTs. It has been a blast mentoring you this term. I, again, when we talk about 
my purpose and I'll you know if we've got time at the end I'll share a little bit about what what really drives me when it's difficult seeing um adults and seeing great teachers grow and develop and then you have that impact on the children and young people that's superb the next person that I've um I've bothered um, with talking about purpose. He's, he's a really fantastic teacher and currently acting head teacher at the school where I'm a governor. And Bex, Bex Owen, um, is, she's the substantive deputy and she's currently acting head. So really challenging circumstances. Stepping up like that is really, really challenging. And, and Bex, she was she was really motivated to get into teaching um, and she's always wanted to be a teacher, she tells me, as long as she can remember. Both her parents are teachers, so she's from a teaching family. And her real thing, that her purpose, her driver is about bringing out the best in people and helping them to discover what they're brilliant at. And she quite rightly knows that teaching gives you the opportunity to do that with with children. Bex also has a long history of working with training teachers so she has also been driven to do that with young teachers as well and now in a senior leadership role she has the opportunity to do that with staff so that great opportunity and I'm just going to say those words again Bex thank you so much they're absolutely brilliant bringing out the best in people and helping them to discover what they are brilliant at is such a great quote and what a what a really strong moral purpose and again when you know somebody so you're not just reading words on a page you can really see that actually embodied in in Bex's work and and she as she says she wants to make a difference in children's lives and give them the best start to their education so they become lifelong learners fantastic her purpose is all about the children um, even though education can be tough, it really is the best job in the world. Um, seeing children curious, eager to learn, getting experiences that they may not have without school and growing up to make a difference in society makes everything worthwhile. There is not a day or hour that is the same. So teaching is never boring. Knowing you unlock the future for children through what you teach is an amazing feeling. And I think that just puts this so beautifully. Um, Bex, also really interesting, you know, talk about, um, uh, you know, purpose, not just in general, but actually really quite specific to her own setting. Um, she was a pupil at Little Paxton School um, in Cambridgeshire, and she stayed there because she wants to invest in the local community. Um, she wants to really make that whole village, the school perfect for the staff and for the families and to give something back to the place that inspired and nurtured her. And, you know, again, just something that Bex has said, we have an amazing team who need growing and developing and the relationships that you've built over time allow her to do that. And, you know, fantastic. Thank you, Bex. Um, Claire, thank you. Claire, you've said you love what Bex said. I always always drawn towards those who were labelled as lower attaining. Oh, Claire, this is you. This is part of your moral purpose. Yet, again, when people say lower ability, that's a real, a real 
problem for me. And again, it is about lower prior retainment, isn't it? Not lower ability. So Claire, you were drawn towards those labelled as lower retaining and started wanting to help them make progress. Now creating positive connections, developing staff belief and trust, then progress will come naturally, not just students, but the adults too. Definitely can see how the change in my purpose links to things that you've experienced. Again, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that, Claire. I really appreciate that. Um, Again, a teacher now at Little Pit Paxton, um, Molly. Molly wanted to teach. She's a, a phase leader as well as a teacher. Um, she wanted to teach because um, her mum was an LSA in a school. So she'd often go in and volunteer at the school, particularly when she was doing her GCSEs. Now, that's really interesting. And later on, when we talk about how we develop our sense of purpose or how you can develop a sense of purpose, that actual going in, getting, gaining experience, that's something that can really bring us a sense of purpose. So um, Molly loved watching the teacher teach and the children and interacting with them. She loved seeing that children bring so much joy to people without even trying. Um, and that really made her want to become a teacher to see how far they go throughout school. And Molly, interestingly, Molly enjoyed school when she was younger and worked hard. So again, that's interesting to see someone that had a really good experience of teaching. Molly stays in teaching because not every day is the same. Some days are hard, but the reward of teaching and seeing the children achieve in small moments is absolutely amazing. And I wouldn't want to do anything else. I'd miss teaching too much. <laughs> and Molly says she's really lucky because lots of her friends and family are teachers or, or work in schools and they're all able to support each other and learn from situations in other settings which supports us when home in home as well when which work when work is hard and and teaching is hard and I think that's a really interesting thing then that Molly's just said about having lots of friends who are teachers that's really good if you can keep each other positive as well sometimes one of the things that we we can do as teachers is bring ourselves down and you know focus a little bit too much on the negatives and that's quite understandable because it really is tough because that but that's great thank you so much molly um um, and again, Alex, again, Alex is an acting phase leader at the moment at Little Paxton. And he um, really was unsure about what to do when he when he left university. He originally had set out to be a lawyer, but changed his degree after a little while to politics and, and was still unsure after university. He found his way into school. And then this is the whole idea about trying something new. And I think this is really, really interesting as well. He tried volunteering in schools and loved it. Started in secondary, then tried primary, ended up in an incredible school called Clifton Green in York. Volunteered there for more than two years across three different cohorts and had worked with one of the best teams, in the, which still inspires him today. So again, no two days the same in teaching that's why he stays here and again Alex has been really really good at taking on new opportunities leading English now moving from year two to year four really really positive and always really keen and excited to do that and again stays in teaching and, and stays at Little Paxton because he's enjoying the new opportunities and working with those teams 
So really interesting stories there to take us into the news about some really strong moral purpose. Claire, thank you for sharing yours as well. That's been really fascinating. After the news, we're going to come back and talk about how you can find your sense of purpose. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. In today's educational environment, students and teachers are juggling a mix of face-to-face, online and blended learning courses. Canvas by Instructure helps teachers navigate these diverse learning experiences with a user-friendly virtual learning environment that offers flexible access to courses and a consistent learning experience, all while streamlining everyday teaching processes. The world's best schools and universities are using Canvas to create dynamic courses, collaborate seamlessly, and access actionable data that drives student success. On the 24th to the 26th of January, 2024, Bet UK is back and even better for educators. New for 2024, Table Talks empowers educators to collaborate openly and connect deeply with like-minded individuals in the education space, as well as Tech User Labs, the brilliant new tutorials and working groups at BET, where technology users will learn how to get more out of their institution's tech from the top education technology experts in the world. Whatever your goal, you'll find it at BET 2024. Educators go free. Get your tickets today at www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. School summer holidays are often a hot topic, but they made the news again in The Guardian as leaders in Wales appear to be considering changes. According to reports, Wales's minority Labour administration wants to shrink summer breaks from six weeks to five and eventually reduce it to four weeks. The plan would see the time added to half-term breaks in October and May. The proposal would equalise the length of terms and break the connection with Easter, by fixing the timing of the spring break regardless of when the religious festival falls. The newspaper says the plans follow research by the government which suggests that parents struggle to organise and pay for childcare over the summer. Plaid Cymru, which supports the proposal, said in a statement that the current calendar was outdated as it was designed a long time ago and that some families find the summer break very long and impacting negatively on their well-being. However, the article also points out that evidence of the harm to learning from school holidays is unclear, as much of the evidence comes from the United States, where summer holidays can be up to 12 weeks long rather than the six to seven weeks in the UK. John Hattie, Professor of Education at the University of Melbourne, 
said the effects from school holidays are very small and there is little reason to believe that the length of the school year has much effect at all. A study from 2019 that looked at pupils from primary schools in an area of high deprivation in Scotland and England found no effect on reading skills. In Northern Ireland, schools typically have eight weeks off in the summer, but generally have results in exams that are better than those in England or Wales. However, a 2022 study did find evidence of worsening mental health in some age groups over long summer breaks. Surveys done in Wales found 60% of parents said they were quite happy with the school year as it is. In 2013, then Education Secretary Michael Gove gave schools in England the power to choose the timing of holidays, but most schools kept the six weeks. The BBC News website reports on the Beyond Ofsted Inquiry. The inquiry is chaired by former schools minister Lord Knight and is funded by the National Education Union. The report from the inquiry recommends that schools should instead be responsible for their own improvement plans. Ofsted has responded by repeating its previous statement that inspections are needed to ensure a high quality education. The inquiry said that Ofsted was now seen by many as toxic and not fit for purpose and in need of major reform. The removal of single word judgments was also recommended and this echoed another report on school improvement released earlier by the Institute for Public Policy Research, which also called for narrative style judgments rather than single words. The Beyond Ofsted inquiry recommended stopping Ofsted from having direct contact with schools and instead schools should draw up their own improvement plans, which would make them accountable to parents and the wider local community. Lord Knight, speaking to the BBC, said Ofsted created a culture of fear in our schools. His report also said that Ofsted had become under-resourced for the high-stakes job expected of it. A spokesperson for Ofsted said nine out of ten schools say inspections helped them to improve. In related news, the current Chief Inspector of Schools, Amanda Spielman, has written in her final annual report about parents being increasingly willing to challenge school rules in England. She described the unwritten contract between home and school as fractured and that it will take time to repair. The report is broadly positive but draws attention to a shift in behaviour, attendance and attitudes to education since the pandemic, describing it as leaving a troublesome legacy. Full details of her comments can be found across media outlets. Teach First has celebrated its 20th anniversary with three former Prime Ministers praising the charity's work in tackling education inequalities. According to Teach First's own website newsfeed, the charity has recruited more than 16,000 teachers to work in disadvantaged areas across England. Teach First CEO Russell Horby reaffirmed the charity's mission to help Britain's most disadvantaged children to achieve their full potential. Finally, student immigration data has been released, with Home Secretary James Cleverley stating the biggest drivers of immigration to the UK are students and healthcare workers. He further commented that this was testament to our world-leading university sector. According to data, Indian nationals account for over one quarter of all sponsored study grants, followed by Chinese nationals. The education sector relies heavily on students applying to UK universities for significant funding. 
but there is also political pressure to reduce net immigration. Any plans to make changes to the current system will be monitored carefully, although for now the focus remains on illegal migration rather than legal routes. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back. Again, thank you very much, Joe. Great um, news delivery there. But again, it just keeps telling us how challenging being in education is. So I'm really pleased we're putting a bit more of a positive spin and we're thinking about purpose. It's not really a positive spin. It's looking, doing some deep work and looking at what our purpose is and what makes teaching the best job in the world. Um, in spite of all of those enormous challenges that, again, just hearing about them in the news there. Okay, so the next section then, the next um, 15, 20 minutes or so, I'm going to talk about how we find our sense of purpose. And it it might be something that's really in front of your mind and that that seems really obvious to you. Um, But I thought it might be worth looking at a couple of different sources for advice on how to find your purpose. So I'm going to go first to Tony Robbins, um, again, well-known coach and public speaker. And then I'm going to go and talk about um, a study that's been done of 400 students graduating from high school by three really, really well-respected researchers um, publishing in the Harvard Business Review. So to Tony Robbins first, Tony Robbins has a number of different tips to help us find our purpose. But reading um, some of his advice, the first thing that he does is calls out the two main things that can prevent us from finding our our true purpose or preventing us from focusing on it or preventing us from actually working in a way that allows us to follow our purpose. So the first thing that can prevent us, so quite often people think that the things that are preventing them um, are um, not necessarily the things that really are. So one of the things Um, So what Tony Robbins actually starts off by by saying in this item is he might think that, you know, people might think that they're happy and they might look happy on the surface. They're comfortable where they are. They don't want a rocket boat. They might look like they've got it all, money, family and house. But they might just be fooling themselves into thinking that they are fulfilled. So again, really, really interesting. So the two things that can prevent us from finding and following our purpose, number one, certainty and the fact that we need stability and predictability as one of the the deepest human needs. So routines help us to save energy. They help us and so does staying in our comfort zone and they stop us then stop feeling anxious and getting hurt both emotionally and physically. But that certainty, that staying in our comfort zones, that just conserving energies and keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, whilst it keeps us safe in some respects, it also prevents growth. And it can keep us in unfulfilling jobs. And, you know, there, there, was, there have been times in work, and I think this can happen in teaching as well, that people can start to feel that they're not feeling fulfilled anymore. They're not meeting that sense of purpose. 
because whilst they've stayed safe, whilst they've got that predictability, they're actually finding something unfulfilling. And again, it can also keep us in unhealthy relationships. But ultimately, that sticking in that comfort zone, that staying in that one groove can prevent us from finding purpose. So the other thing, so that's number one, the number one thing that can stop us. Number two is all about limiting beliefs. We've all got stories that we tell ourselves and that, that we believe and they are, you know, to all intents and purposes, they, they are our truths. But how truth are they? So limiting beliefs can be really, you know, things that sound quite obvious that some people believe they don't deserve to be happy um, and or don't deserve to be successful. I'm not a successful person. I'm not a winner. I'm not a leader. And some of those limiting beliefs um, can cause people to, to self-sabotage and, you know, they'll drive a huge fear of failure. So what we really need to do, and this, this will come in some of the next bit, is take away those limits and take away those limiting beliefs in any way that we can. So on to the things now that, that Tony Robbins tells us that we, we do need to do. And I, I agree with these. And I, I think these are all really, really interesting when you when you look at them and try and think about them. So number one is to actually search inwards and to look inwards with those sorts of questions. What is my purpose in life? How can I be happy? They're effectively the same question. But everything is within yourself. And the only thing holding you back is your own limiting belief. And one of the things that's really dangerous is instead of looking within, is to start to look externally. And that's one of the dangers, I think, of the fact that we've shared um, a number of other people's purpose in life and you know put those up here. Because it's a bit like um, when you're trying to think about what your own values are. Sometimes then you can just jump and, and look for values that you see elsewhere and, and in other people. But the big question about searching inwards and about that self-awareness is really, really important. So everything that you need to find your purpose is within yourself. The only thing holding you back is your own limiting belief. If you can replace each limiting belief with an empowering belief, then you'll start to develop greater self-awareness. That's when you're in control of your emotions and you're in control of your life in that number one about searching inwards. And that's something that you, you can work on on your own. You know, you can self-coach, you can do that reflection or you can work with a coach or with somebody else who can provide a mirror for you to listen and to help you find that way yourself. Number two, Tony Robbins says it's really important to put purpose before goals. It's really tempting, and lots of us do this, to focus on achieving short-term goals. But actually what that will do is that will hold you back from that sort of end game, big um, dreams, ideas. So again, short-term goals, they'll give you a fleeting sense of accomplishment, but soon you'll be looking for something more. So again, really important to keep the eye on that purpose. When you set yourself a goal, ask yourself, how will this help me feel more fulfilled? It's a really crucial question. How does it relate back to my purpose? And that's a really useful thing to journal on. 
um, or, you know, to, to coach on or to self-coach on. But think about that. When you ask yourself a goal, when you set a goal, when you think oh, there's something particularly you want to achieve, how can you tie that to your bigger purpose? Number three, focus on what you have as opposed to what you don't have. That whole idea of an abundance mindset is like opening your eyes to life. And again, I think it's always dangerous that people then mix this up with toxic positivity. We're saying, oh, everything's fine. Everything's wonderful. That's not what we're saying here. But if you do focus on what you do have, really try and see the beauty and the goodness in what's around you, that perspective will make your life and make your view and what your purpose could be much clearer. That make you question less and less how to find your purpose because you'll see more of the answers actually on that way around you if you focus on what you have. If you focus on what you have, that can also take away a lot of fear and you'll stop living in fear that you're wasting your life and you'll begin to attract more positivity and more joy. Again, thinking about purpose, so focus on what you have. So number one, search inwards. Number two, put purpose, the long game, before goals. Number three, focus on what you have. Number four, take ownership of your life. So true fulfillment comes from designing your own life. So to find your purpose, you must decide what's truly right and know that in your heart and soul. Try not to be driven by fear and anxiety and being constantly told what you need to do and how you need to think by other people. Now, we're, many of us are surrounded by people who are real um, advisors continually telling us what we need to do. Um, but it is important that we step up, that we see ourselves as competent, capable human beings, take ownership and again, take responsibility for our life and for what we're doing and stop thinking or try to think less about what's happening to us and more about what we can take control of. Number five, think about what brings you joy. So again, a bit like the one before that says appreciate what you have. Look back on your life and look back at times when you felt the most joy. And again, that idea, the idea of dialing into your feelings, think it's when, you know, what, what were you doing? Who were you with? What was it that made you feel really full of joy, really, you know, really proud? Were you helping others? Was it about a successful presentation? Was it about discovering something new? Was it about, and again, this is quite often with, with teachers, isn't it? Was it about seeing somebody else learn and grow and discover something? So really important. Your abilities are connected to that sense of joy as well. So really interesting to look those, um, look at those. Number six, Tony Robbins says that one of the things that is really useful is to develop your own life vision statement. So, again, this is really interesting and something we probably do as, as school leaders quite a lot. But before you can ask yourself, what's my purpose? You need to know what an ideal world looks like and how you fit into it. So what is your ideal life? come up with a whole load of words, just think about them and then think how they might fit into a statement. What would your ideal life look like if everybody were living up to their fullest potential? That'll help give you some ideas and some thought around where your purpose lies. Number seven, think about 
your true needs and discover your true needs. So again, think about um, lots of the things that you really need. Think about what do you need in order to feel happy? And again, there are many constants. So lots of people will need certainty, significance, variety, love, connection, growth or contribution. They affect all our, all our decisions. But again, if we don't know what our needs are or we've not got an awareness or we're thinking that we need the wrong things, you know, if we're thinking I need a, a you know, a, a flashy car and a, a foreign holiday or shiny clothes or designer stuff, if they're what we think our needs are, we're probably going to have a false sense of purpose. And that may well be based on the expectations that other people have of us. So again, some of this is about thinking about that really, really clearly. What do we what do we want? And again, this can affect us with careers as well, because sometimes we end up doing what other people continually give us messages and tell us what we ought to do. You know, you ought to be a head. You ought to be a head of geography. Really? What do you want? What's going to make me feel happy? What is my ideal life? Write out your stories, number help, helpful for number eight. So again, writing out your thoughts, thinking about memories, writing and journaling, really, really important. And again, something we probably don't ever do, but quite interesting. Number nine, Tony tells us, take time for yourself. Well, yeah, that makes sense. You know, what is my purpose is a huge question. You're not going to answer it in five minutes um, whilst you're eating your cornflakes in the morning. So if you're bouncing from one thing to another, getting up early, looking after children, dropping children off here, getting straight to work, organising this straight home, you're not going to have time to to really sit down, connect with yourself and ask those big questions. So can you schedule some personal time? Times if you run or if you cycle, obviously whilst you're still checking that traffic's okay as well, they can be really good times for reflecting on and thinking about some of those big questions. And then get home somewhere or get to somewhere where you can write and sit somewhere quiet where you can then put those big thoughts onto paper or start to formulate them and get those ideas. Number 10. Tony Robbins says, embrace acceptance. I think this is really simple. One of the big parts of finding your purpose is accepting your own limitations. So be careful because we've also taught limiting beliefs, um, but we do also need to give ourselves a little bit of self-compassion and just accept that there are some things that we might not be so good at. And there are also times when you know, we might feel lost and that's really, really difficult. We might feel frustrated. But again, just accept that, understand it, be kind to yourself. Number 11, find your community. So again, finding your purpose is often about discovering just where you fit in. Who are your people? Who's your tribe? Where do you feel like home, relaxed and at ease? Who can you be truly yourself with? And I think that's something where I found things quite difficult. And, you know, when I've not necessarily been in a job that's been serving me at a key time, it's when I've not been able to really be myself because there have been some other expectations that haven't let me take that deep breath, be me, be in that right part of community. And I, I think, you know, that's a huge thing for well-being. And finally, number 12, be flexible. Um, and again, what that means is 
You might have old identities. You might have a view of how you are that is incorrect that you need to let go of. And be flexible. Know that it will change. Your purpose will change. It's a lifelong journey. Be aware of that and move. So 12 points in summary. And I think this is huge. I think this is really good. Search inwards. So ask yourself those big questions. Number two, purpose before goals. Long term, not short term. Number three, focus on what you have. That whole idea of abundance. Number four, take ownership of your life. Number five, think about what brings you joy. Really important. Number six, think about your life vision statement. What is it when it's all going right? Number seven, discover your true needs. What do you really need? Number eight, write it out. Number nine, take time for yourself. Number 10, embrace acceptance. Be kind to yourself. You can't be perfect and have it all sorted all the time. Number 11, find your community. Where can you be you? And finally, number 12, be flexible. It will change. So now on to um, a piece of research from the, the Harvard Business Review in September by um, Asa Yemus-Gill, Melissa Umaz and Matthew Lee, a fantastic study of 400 students graduated from high school. And they identified what they defined as purposeful students by measuring their sense of purpose quantitatively through questions such as, to what extent do you feel purpose and direction in life? And how much of your daily activities are guided towards meaning a long-term goal? And what they did, they focused on the participants they reported that reported feeling the most confident. And they analysed the top 20 most focused, purposeful students. And these are the things that they found that were common factors in those that had the most purpose. So number one, they sought out new experiences. So that was a common factor. So we've heard that when we've talked about how people came into teaching and found their purpose in seeing young people make progress by actually having had the chance to, to volunteer or, you know, taking on that, that teaching assistant job after university. That's again, so that's been proved as being something that's really, really important. What they did also find, though, was it wasn't just personal interest and, and you know passion. That's only one part of the puzzle. They did say that they found the, the most purpose then was when 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 the um, participants had found ways to connect their interests in the world beyond themselves. So again, engaging experiences that showed them how to use their interests in a way to help them contribute to others' lives um, in ways that were personally meaningful. So creating those connections. And if it was something that was socially useful, that was, again, much more likely to bring about purpose, not just about collecting lots and lots of different experiences, purposeful students expressed a commitment to applying what they've learned through their experiences to take moral action every day. So start by getting those experiences, see the connections in them, see how they're socially useful. And again, that idea of being socially useful is really, really important. So they've recommended three really good questions that you can ask yourself. And again, worth journaling on, really strong coaching questions. 
who or what inspires me to get out of my comfort zone and connect with the world beyond me? Number two, how can I connect meaningfully with individuals and communities with different backgrounds, beliefs and values than mine? And again, that was another thing that brought about purpose um, in this study was when people had engaged in those different new experiences. They tried different things and when it linked with people that were different to themselves. Um, And finally, what is a simple first step I can take right now? to start exploring socially useful opportunities and, you know, could be particularly career opportunities. So three really important questions. So the first thing they found, developing purpose was all about seeking out new experiences to reach beyond yourself. Secondly, then, they found that experience alone wasn't enough. Um, Purposeful people tended to combine their varied experiences with self-reflection. So links back to um, Robbins's suggestions here that we take time to pause and reflect. So doing the activities and then pause and reflect on what it is that made those feel purposeful. So again, thinking about finding positive meaning as well, and psychologists call that adaptive reflection, As you reflect on your experiences, ask yourself these questions to help you think about your purpose. So number one, how did this experience shape who I am? How did it impact my values and worldviews? What was the most challenging thing for me in this experience? What strengths showed up and how can I make sure others don't suffer the same challenges? And finally, What were some of the gifts from this experience? Who am I grateful for and how do I want to give back? So really useful journaling questions, really important things to do. Linked to that then, number three, um, they found from this research that actually by discussing your life goals and gathering feedback, that was a really strong way that people developed purposely. So people with a strong sense of purpose reported that they frequently talked about their life purpose and their interests with their friends. And they felt that those conversations gave them diverse perspectives and helped them to see their goals in a new light. So again, another good shout here for coaching, for talking, and again, self-coaching and and reflection. So three really, really good questions that can help prompt this sort of conversation. I've been thinking about what I want from life lately and would love to share some of my ideas with someone. Do you have some time to talk? I would love to enjoy, uh, really enjoy learning about your life goals as well. So again, really, really good way of just starting that conversation. So you can start to to coach with somebody else and have a little bit of thought. Okay, I'm going to go back to our sponsors really, really briefly, and then come back just to round up this evening. And hear again, maybe a little bit about some of the things that I find important for my purpose. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading.
In today's educational environment, students and teachers are juggling a mix of face-to-face, -face, online and blended learning courses. Canvas by Instructure helps teachers navigate these diverse learning experiences with a user-friendly virtual learning environment that offers flexible access to courses and a consistent learning experience, all while streamlining everyday teaching processes. The world's best schools and universities are using Canvas to create dynamic courses, collaborate seamlessly, and access actionable data that drives student success. On the 24th to the 26th of January, 2024, Bet UK is back and even better for educators. New for 2024, Table Talks empowers educators to collaborate openly and connect deeply with like-minded individuals in the education space, as well as tech user labs, the brilliant new tutorials and working groups at BET, where technology users will learn how to get more out of their institution's tech from the top education technology experts in the world. Whatever your goal, you'll find it at BET 2024. Educators go free. Get your tickets today at www.uk.betshow.com forward slash visitor dash registration. Thank you. Back to purpose. So we've looked then so far at why it's important to have purpose and why it is central to living your best teacher life. Definitely, definitely um, think that that's really important. And we've seen some great examples of purpose-driven educators and school leaders. Really good. And I'd like to say a huge thank you to everybody who's shared their thoughts and their stories about their purpose and thank you so much for that and for for those that have, have commented through this evening as well um, and then finally we've looked at how we can actually really look for our purpose if our purpose is unclear what can we do and some great bits of advice there that are research driven um, and I think that last bit there just to think about looking at ourselves, doing that work, spending that time reflecting, getting out of your comfort zone, exploring, finding new things, coming back, reflecting, and then really having that chance to discuss if you can. That's a super way to think about what drives you, what, what, are, what is your purpose. For me, what's my purpose? It's certainly around um, enabling others to grow. And, you know, I think back to childhood and um, really, you know, always being the one that wanted to teach others to do something new or teach someone something with, with music that I might have been learning. That was really important. And seeing that, um, you know, I found that out quite young, both volunteering with a playgroup, my auntie, who was amazing. When my mum was ill, I went to spend some time working um, with my, my auntie as a, as a sort of teenager and spent some time volunteering in the playgroup. And then later on with, with work experience um, and just always really seeing if you're helping someone, particularly um, for somebody who, for whatever reason, seems to have more barriers to their growth or, or to their learning. That, that to me, that's, that's what really drives me. As, as I've got older, 
Um, I think that focus has shifted to um, supporting the growth and wellness and creativity of other adults too. And, you know, particularly at the moment, ECTs and aspiring leaders and new leaders, that, that's really important. For me, purpose around creating a strong connection as well is, is really important. That's, you know, their things, that's where my, my values and my purpose start to cross over. Um, I can see, you know, a, a period of time, particularly later on in my headship, where I possibly lost sight of of the purpose of, you know, that whole idea about growth and you know, seeing people get better at doing something and, and seeing others grow or knowing that you're doing something that is enabling others to make progress and, and you know, be able to do more than they, they could. And, and, you know, particularly see young youngsters being able to enjoy school as well. That's a, a really important thing for me. And I, I think as I was out overwhelmed by some outside pressures, performance tables, Ofsted, um, post-pandemic, managing conflict, demands of parents as we you know we've heard joe talk about um that that was something that was quite diff difficult so coaching definitely brought me back to purpose and and it did you know also i did you know career did take a slightly different angle still school-based but still very much about being part of something that supports the growth of children and young people um, and also seeing those that, that work more directly with the young people and the, the children, seeing them thrive and knowing that I'm able to support their growth and to, to help them get better and improve what they do and, and to you know, support their well-being. And that's what brought me to Teachers Talk Radio as well, um, so that if my ramblings provide any benefit to, to those of you that are possibly more in the front line with teaching than than I am although I, I do spend a little bit of time in the front line then that is great so all that is left for me to do is to thank you enormously for listening for for contributing to thank the, the brilliant Sam Strickland to thank Adrian Rogers for um, hopefully not minding too much that I've, I've commented about his article thank the amazing Jeff and Margaret Bex the brilliant team of ECTs and everybody else who has contributed and shared what it is in their um, values and what it is that gives them purpose thank you I hope hope you've taken some time to reflect on your purpose as well and and if you haven't then I hope maybe you've got some tools that you can take away with you so that you can reflect on your purpose and be living your best teacher life good night you've been listening to teachers talk radio Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.